Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh. oh. So, oh, why? Let's start again. Let's start again. I'm sorry. No, no I was rolling in, rolling in. Jeez. Oh, I'd literally pressed record and then just started internally burping. Couldn't, couldn't breathe. Couldn't breathe. But anyway, it's a, a, a episode. Episode 106 of Griff's Brain Dump. It's me, Griff, obviously. How's your week been, people? How has your week been? My, my week has been eventful uh let's let's go day by day monday i was on ori styler's uh the oh, the scene with ori styler because the scene runs all week um i was on there with marcel somerville and saba kenway and also uh akira from the british black list as well so that was really fun go check that out on bbc sounds or you can go on the BBC website and find the two-hour show. Really fun show. We spoke about Killer Mike, um, documentary Trigger Warning, which is great. And we also talked about something about black business as well. Did all of that. So covered a lot. I think we just had a little bit of general banter. Spoke about what it feels like to die on stage, which is always a fun thing to do. Die on stage. Then Tuesday. Oh, will I do Tuesday? can't remember, I don't think I did anything on Tuesday, I'm going to remember like too late and, and try to double back. Wednesday, what did I do Wednesday? My memory is blank, I can't have been in for two nights in a row because that just never happens. I'm never in for two nights in a row. What the hell did I do? Why do I do this every fucking week on the podcast? I don't write down what I did in the week and then I just start the podcast as rambling and trying to remember what I did. But did I watch football in the week at all? So no Spurs won in the week because since the last podcast I've like mentally recovered from Spurs losing to Crystal Palace because I recorded the podcast like in the immediate minutes after the game finished. Whereas since then Spurs have won two games, Spurs are second in the league. It's all right. We're going to win the league now because I'm a delusional Spurs fan and that's what happens. We lose a game. We're the worst team in the world. Potch out. Spurs are shit. Fuck it. We're rubbish. Just fuck it off. Just fuck. No, Spurs are shit. I don't know why I do it. I don't even know why I support these. Like, they're shit. They're shit. I fucking hate Spurs. Fast forward a week. One, two games. Second in the league. Oh, when the Spurs... I'm going marching in. We're going to win the league, Gary. We're definitely going to win the league. We've got, we've got the best team in the world. We've got the best team in the world. Look, look at the, look at the fixtures. If we just beat these lot, beat these lot, beat these lot, they drop points there, they drop points there. Look, if we just go the rest of the season unbeaten, we'll win the league. Oh, Spurs. Spurs are on their way to Wembley. Tottenham's going to do it again. That's what happens as a Spurs fan. It's very, it's very mentally unstable. <laughs> being a Spurs fan because you, you just go up and down up and down up and down now I remember Tuesday I did a gig um, did Ali Wood's gig at um, it's at private members club the library we did it there and um, it started like it was going to be an absolute shambles a, a clusterfuck 
Ali had it all organised, advertised. He arranged the comedians, got there at the venues, and the venue like, oh, where's your guest list? And he's like, guest list? Oh, yeah, I've got all the comedians here. They're like, no, 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 no. I mean, the audience members. He's like, what? You guys are meant to do that. You said you're going to do it. I'm not sure if they did or they didn't, but we ended up having about 15 to 20 people in the crowd, and that's good for an open mic in a basement. So did that, trying out some new jokes, got heckled by a dishwasher, but it's all right. When I say dishwasher, I don't mean someone who washes dishes in the kitchen, I mean the actual, you know, Zanussi, DeLonghi, one of those, hot point, one of those machines, just started going off halfway through my set, you tried to just power through, but you can't, you kind of got to address that, then uh, Wednesday I was at home, that's when I was watching football, well hearing about the result, I don't think I brought myself to watch the game, Saw Chelsea lose 4-0. And I was like, oh, football's amazing. Thursday, I was in Gravesend. Off the curb. Productions. Um, it was a good gig. Judy Love was emceeing that. I opened. Didn't go great. Didn't go badly. But, but like, the reaction from it, as in admin-wise, is exactly what it should have been. It's just like, yeah, yeah, we'll see you again. Do, do another gig. It was like, oh, my God, you're amazing. Where have you been? It was just fine. But here's the thing. Judy Love hosted it. Then it was uh, me. I opened. Phil Nickel closed it. Jesus Christ. Happy to not follow that guy. That guy is energy. Break. Fiona Ridgewell. And then. Actually, Fiona Ridgewell put me in a, in a Me Too moment. We had a joke about this. She reversed Me Too'd me. That's right. That's what happened. So I'm putting it out there. Naming names. <laughs> No, she sat in something sticky on the seat and then she asked me to look if there was anything sticky on the jeans. And I was like, if someone turns around the corner and I'm just staring at your butt, it just, you know what I mean? Bang to rights. Was you subjecting her? Was you sexually objectified? No, I wasn't. I swear she asked me to look her ass. I didn't want to. I wasn't even looking at her arse. I was looking at the jeans. Uh, not her arse. Oh, oh God. Uh, uh, I apologise. Let me cut my dick off now. No. Um, so she opened the second half. And then basically, um, uh, when it's off the curb production, have someone from their roster. So give you the idea of calibre comedian it could be. Um, you know, some household names. Ramesh Ranganathan, Rob Beckett. Uh, Jonathan Ross, Michael McIntyre, Dara O'Brien, Jack D. You know, it could be any of those guys rocking up. And then as we sat there in the green room at half time, at an interval, one of the production guys come running in and going, um, um, yeah, Danny, uh, Alan's, Alan's um, in the cab, he's only a few minutes away. Is that Alan? Alan? You mean like Alan Carr? Yeah, Alan Carr. Alan Carr, that's, that was who was there. So if you go on Judy Love's Instagram, you'll see that Alan Carr was there at the gig. Um, Darren, why is there no picture of you and Alan Carr? Do you know what? I don't know why. I just don't take pictures of people. It's only if they tell me a picture needs to be taken, like, to for their promo stuff. Um, not that I draw attention to them. <laughs> I mean, they just want pictures. They want the night captured. Then I take a picture. But I... There are, there are very few people that I've gone, you know, hey, can I take a picture of you? I just never do it. I don't know why. 
I don't know why. I, I, and to be fair, that's perfectly reasonable for me to ask for a picture. Because it's not like he's at a restaurant just eating dinner with his husband. And I'm like, all right, can I, can I get a picture? I know you're eating. I know you're just having your own moment here. But could you just put your... Just put, put your steak down. And can I just get a picture? Just easing myself, putting a chair next to him. Well, can I just get a picture? Like, mate, could you take a picture of us? Um, you know, I know you was out. You thought you discussing something. Actually, you look like you're upset there. But can I just put put my head in for the picture? So it was like one of those moments. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's... Uh, if it's me being shy. Or if it's the opposite of me just being an egotistical arsehole. So I ain't taking a picture of no one. Why the fuck should I take a picture of anyone? They want a picture of me. I don't know. I've met, like, some real schlebs. Proper celebrities. And, um... And the only time I've taken pictures with, uh... With anyone, like, big... Has been just to show someone else in particular that I've met them. So remember I took a picture of Sade when I met her. Just because people at work were uh, were, oh, were excited that I was going to a Sade concert. So I thought, oh, here you go. Here's a picture of me as Sade. There. Uh, it makes you think. And I think also as well, because I haven't done it from the beginning of people I've met, I now feel like I don't want to do it at all because there's a lot of people that I should have taken pictures with that I've missed that opportunity to do it. So I'm like, ah, I'm taking pictures of anyone now. I don't know. So pictures are nice. You know, when it's all done and I look back through through my life, through my career, I'm like, oh, look, that's when I met that person. That's when I gigged with that person. But I just, I don't know. Let's not do it. I think maybe if it's someone who's not a comedian, then I'd probably take a picture. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe my sister go, Darren, it's because you're arrogant. You're an arrogant arsehole. That's why you don't take pictures with people. From day one, my sister said, me and Kanye West are exactly the same person. Now, I don't think I'm going to go down that route. But who knows? Who knows? See, uh, Kanye's trying to get... Actually, what a weird segue. See, Kanye's trying to get out of his um, contract. He's got a contract with EMI that he says is, it amounts to servitude because there's no end date to the contract. So, uh, from my knowledge of music, most music contracts say, right, you've got a five-album deal. Uh, or you've got so many track deal or it's over a certain amount of time but they like all most contracts in life actually there is a beginning and an end to a contract and usually you have a renewal thing like have a think about it every contract you're in in life you actually have a there's a start and a beginning there's terms of ending it or termination there's no contract that just happens in perpetuity right you have to have an end to a contract and then if it's an annual contract you renew it it might feel like you've been in a contract forever, but there's an end. Even a mortgage. You have 30 years to repay this amount. We are lending you this, you have 30 years to repay this amount. There you go, done. Contract will end. So I think what he's saying is his contract has no end. And I think he's trying to say like statute law is seven years is the maximum a contract could be. Um, so now he's trying to go back to 2010 and say, right, from this point forward... Because that's when the contract should have ended. I have sole rights and royalties and everything to the music produced from there. Um, if that's the case, I mean, that's... That was, I reckon that will send some ripples through the kind of music 
legal world, people just ripping up contracts and stuff. And as much as Kanye's a dick and he says certain things, I'm going to support him as an artist. By support him, I mean, I'm just going to agree with him doing that. I mean, I can't provide any real support. I mean, I could tweet. Hashtag team Kanye. I, I, no, I don't. It'd be an interesting thing. I'm just like, that's just me geeking out. I like those kind of legal business type things. I like those, man. But I'm um, talking about is, just think about him and I just went to Travis Scott in my head. It's the NFL Super Bowl, where everyone's an NFL expert for one night. Let's go. Let's go, Rams. Like every Super Bowl I've ever watched, I start supporting the other team. When I say the other team, because the Patriots are always in the final, I support the team that are not the Patriots. I start the game doing that. And then Tom Brady does something amazing. And I'm like, I don't know much about NFL, but what I just saw there, the commentators seem pretty excited. So I'm excited too. Tom Brady. Oh my God, champ. I, I just believe he is the greatest. Come on now, how many more times can we have this conversation about whether or not Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time? Just look, look at this here, champ. Look at this here. Look at the defensive line. See, look, he's in the pocket. He has three seconds to release. Oh, look at this guy. Cuts him off of the route. Pumps it long, 20 yards. There you go. First down. Pats. You know, I know all the words. And I've slowly started learning what they all mean. But Brady's at 41. Who who Rams got Jared Roth. See, I, I know a little bit about NFL. And I know this much as well that his first Super Bowl ring, Tom Brady's got five. First Super Bowl ring was against the LA Rams. Against, well, actually, were they LA Rams at the time? I don't think they were. They were. They're in a different part of the country. I don't think they're LA. Where were the Rams? can't remember but um yeah so i'm going to do what i do every year as well i'm going to stay up try to watch it get to about quarter past 12 and be like what the fuck are you doing you don't like this sport enough and you're recording it watch it tomorrow and then i'll wake up try to avoid the results then realize i don't care enough to watch the replay and then i'll just watch a you know a truncated clip on YouTube. So rather than watching two hours of madness or four hours of madness, I'll just watch a 20-minute video of the game. And then I'll talk about the Super Bowl like I watched it all night. Oh, man, yeah. That that throw to make it 23-17. Oh, my God. What a touchdown. What a touchdown, hey? Oh, God, I do love NFL. Yeah, I love it. Love it so much. That's what I'll do. I've watched two Super Bowl finals in their entirety in my whole life. Once when I was in Madrid and it was the Seahawks versus the Pats. Pats won. And the second time was the Patriots versus the Atlanta Falcons. And on my words, that's when I became a Tom Brady believer. You know? When you witness a miracle in person, it's just... I felt what it was like to uh, to understand the sport. It reminded me of when United won the Champions League 2-1. When Liverpool won the Champions League against Milan. Came back from 3-0 down. Just those massive comebacks. Huge. But um, that was my Thursday. 
And then Friday, uh, what did I do Friday? Friday, stayed in, stayed in, chilled out with my fiance, which, who's just messaged me. What time is the cinema? We're going to see Glass. She hasn't seen Unbreakable. Um, and basically, I wanted her to see Unbreakable more for me rather than her. Not because she's an annoying person that will ask questions throughout the film to understand what's going on. No, it's because of me being sat next to her going, she hasn't seen Unbreakable. Oh my God, she didn't just get that little that little reference. I'm going to have to turn and disrupt her viewing of this whole live cinema to go, say, do you get what you just said there? But you don't understand why, why that was so significant, right? Because in, in, in the film Unbreakable, uh, Mr. Glass said this. And so that means that. So yeah, yes, yeah. And she was like, yeah, Darren, I got that. You didn't have to see the film to work that out. I'm like, ah, okay. Okay, 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 okay. So I've seen Split. I've seen Unbreakable. And um, can't got to complete the trilogy. Just seen the Rotten Tomato um, reviews. Well, scores. Not great. But you can't, you can't follow these critics, you know. You watch a film, you have a great time, you go home, read a critic's review, and it's like, ah, oh, it's true. The camera did always pan left to right. It's like, I didn't care about that when I watched the film. Ah, oh, it's true. The exposure of the camera was too slow. I didn't notice. Right, what time? 10 past 6. I haven't booked tickets yet, so I better be on. Let's see, 6.10. 6.10, babe. 6.10. Um, so eat before. Yeah, cool. I haven't had a shower, so I can't even rush her. <laughs> um, so yeah, did that. What am I talking about? Friday, Saturday, chilled in the day. Went to watch Tottenham at my brother's. Then met my mate for lunch. Then we watched rugby, England, Ireland. Six Nations. Got to watch a bit of rugby. So I gigged, gigged in Wood Green in a pizza restaurant. And nothing is more conducive to a gig than food being served. But to be fair, to be fair, they serve the food first, which is always good. That's, that's the only way it can work. But when you walk into a gig and it's in a restaurant, it's like, oh, fuck. It's like, this is going to go shit. I'm going to have people's backs to me. People are going to be eating. I'm destroying their ambience by just chatting away. Have you ever thought about... It's like, no, I haven't, mate. I'm trying to eat my pepperoni. Shut up. Who the fuck is this guy on the microphone? Trying to be funny. So, but the gig went well. I enjoyed it. It was me, Les Blair and Dave Black. It was fun, man. I had fun. Now it's Sunday, it's today. Went to the gym and uh, made a coffee with the coffee machine. I got Naomi for for Christmas. People are like, ah, how's that a Christmas present, Dan? You can't get your fiance a kitchen appliance. Um, I can. I'm a, I'm a traditional man. Get a washing machine, get her sponges. That's what she got for. <laughs> well, that's what she got for Christmas. Tea towels. Pants, no. Got a coffee machine because basically inside joke in our relationship. I've never been able to make her a nice 
cup of coffee. Even when she has stood next to me, instructed me to do exactly how she does it. It's just a sheer fact, the mere fact, I should say, that my hand is touching the spoon that's making her coffee, it makes it shit. I can make her tea, I can make a hot chocolate, you know, any other beverage I can make, but not coffee. Never know, so we just got a coffee machine, he's like, there you go, machine's gonna do it. And she enjoyed it. So, there you go. It's taken this long into our relationship for me to finally make her a cup of coffee that is drinkable. There I think um, I think our relationship can develop from there. There you go. Also, uh, my stag is in process of being planned. I'm getting feedback from some of the guys in the group going, wow, some of the people in your group, mate, shit at replying to WhatsApp. I go, I know. And they're like, yeah, we're just trying to make sure that everyone replies so we just know where they're, whether they're coming or not. I go, this is because I'm not in the group. I just told best man and like groomsmen who were being active in um, getting responses, go, here it is. You just set a deadline. You set a date. For each decision you make, you just set a date. Go, All right, guys, we're thinking of going out on these dates, these dates, or these dates. Who's okay with that? People say yes, people say no. Democracy wins. The most people voted. Go for that. Shut off. No more discussion on dates anymore. Location. We are going to this place or this place. Decide. Which one do you pick? Would people prefer? Okay. Done. Cut off. That's it. That's the place we're going to. Now, who can attend? Not, don't ask who can attend. Set up a... Go to like one of those chili sauce, stag company. Wait. Guys, here's your e- email. This... What's your email address is? I'll email you. You have to this date to send me your email and I will send you that. And you have to this date to pay your deposit. That is it. Don't chase anyone. Don't, nah, 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 nah. And then once you've got your group of who's turning up, boot all the other motherfuckers out of the group. And I'm talking about my own friends and family here. This is what I told my best man. That is what you do. And people don't respond to people on the bitch. Direct them to my inbox. They're not bitching at you. Send them to me. Go, hey mate, you're best man. You, uh, you didn't give me any time to respond. I'm like, you're a fucking liar. All right, I know for a fact. I might not be in the group, but I know what's happening. You're a dick. You shit at reply to WhatsApp. I love you. And you're still invited to the wedding. But you ain't invited to the most fun part. The stag. <gasps> The stag. That noise was the noise I think stags make. I don't. I've never actually been up close to a male deer. It's probably for the best because I don't think it would end well. You know, as a human, I don't have that natural um, offensive weaponry. Part of my bone structure, like a fucking stag. Ah <laughs> oh dear, but do I had stuff to talk about this week? What stuff is there? Um, let's see how long have we been talking for? I was just rabbling on about my own week. 23 minutes of me chatting shit about myself. Um, what else happened this week? Oh, yep. Guy with, um, the snow. Snow happened this week. I always, that's always fun when the snow happens in the UK. And everyone says that really smart thing. Why is it that countries like Finland... And Switzerland can cope with 
minus 20 degrees and 50 million feet of snow. But this country, little bit of snow, a little bit of heat, it goes this shit. It's, it's because we don't have that weather frequently. No, we have it every year. Yeah, once a year. One in 365 days. At most, let's say it's a whole week it snows over the whole year. That's seven out of 365. Do you think it's worth spending billions of pounds in infrastructure to combat three days of snow a year? No, it's fucking not. This country struggles to build things it actually needs, like Crossrail. Crossrail's apparently a year behind now. It went from the middle section will be open in December to August sometime to, do you know what, mate? We don't have a fucking clue. We don't have a fucking clue. So that's billions of pounds in infrastructure or something that we actually need. And now you want to spend billions of pounds trying to plough snow. The, the gritting works enough, all right? I managed to get to work every day this week. So has this country gone to melt? That's the irony. People at work going, country's going to fucking melt down to snow. How? How so when you've made it to work with no delay? You just managed to get into work painlessly to moan about a situation that hasn't actually happened. It's not people on default. Ah, it's fucking so hot. So hot in here. It should be too hot to come to work. All right. Yet you're still here. Do you believe that right so mad, so like so badly, but you still turn up to work? So what are you talking about? And some people just fucking love the snow as well, don't they? Like grow up. All right. People mind about the snow, you get on my nerves. People who love the snow, they grow up. So I just thought about it. Isn't it weird to love weather? Do you know what? I love the rain. I love the sound of rain like on, on the roof. It's like, yeah? You spend like, what, £60 a month on Sky and internet and the thing that you love the most is fucking the sound of rain on a roof. I think you should cancel your subscriptions in life. Just go outside and enjoy the weather. Maybe that's what maybe that's what we should do as humans. Go outside and enjoy the weather. Maybe, maybe that's it. I'm just, I'm just on one today. It's my brain's just firing in all different directions. It's a pure fucking ramble, this is. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I don't understand people love snow. Like I was at Finsbury Park train station this week. Some guy's walking out in the snow like he's just been released from prison for a crime he didn't commit. He's there just walking out. He's his, like his mouth open and hands spread. You know, like when you go to church and some, and you, you know, and, it, and you're singing about Jesus. And someone's in the aisle. They're not speaking in tongues or anything like that. They're just walking. Just with their hands, their palms to the sky. Just like, I love you, Lord. But you, know, you know the kind of white churches that are Pentecostal. So they don't really have... They, they have the... They have just, you, know, you know what I'm saying? They have the soul and the spirit, but not quite. You know, people haven't got shoes on. Oh, yeah, we love you, Lord. Oh, we love you. Oh, thank you, Lord. They got that weird kind of American-y English twang. When they sing about Jesus, why have I got no shoes on? I love you, Lord. It was like that vibe he had. 
but just walking out onto the platform, just into the snow. That's like, oh man, I've been in solitary confinement. 23 hours! I'm doing 23, one in the pen! And now he's out. He's like, bruv, it's just snow. Don't catch a cold. My mum tells this story when she first came from Jamaica, right? And it snowed for the first time. At first I was just seeing snow. You know, she ran out in the snow. That's acceptable. She's 15, from Jamaica, never seen snow before. You, sir, you're on a train, on the platform, waiting for a train. Just behave yourself. Just sit down, walking around out in the snow. Frolicking. Who, who am I to, who am I to just shit on other people's joy? You know, if that's what he, if that's what gets him through life, then you know what, enjoy it. You know, he's not, he's not hurting anyone. Um, but people are weird. Tell you who is weird. I saw this person. Uh, Tap too far. Saw this story. Singer has Harry Styles inked on her face in time for his birthday. I bet he cares. I bet he fucking cares. A singer, desperate, yes, desperate is the right word, to record a song on Harry Styles' next album has taken her campaign to jaw-dropping lengths and has and has his has ah and had his face tattooed on her cheek. Kelsey Carter had the inking, which covers the side of her face, done in Los Angeles in honour of Styles' 25th birthday this Friday and shared the results on Instagram. Mama, look what I made me do, she wrote. New Zealand-born Carter, who has written an as-yet-unreleased song for Styles' former One Direction bandmate Zayn Malik, recently tweeted, It's 2019 and Harry is still the best-looking human. And 24, the 24-year-old also hinted that she was planning to surprise, planning a surprise for the idol, writing, finally know what I'm getting Harry for his birthday. It's, it's not known if Harry and Styles are friends or if they have even met. But she told ID magazine of her admiration last July. What I love about him from a professional standpoint is that he was the poppiest of pop stars, then went off on his own and made a classic rock album, she said. He has opened the door for me. He's introduced the kids to the kind of music I want to make. I also just want his career. I feel like I am a female version. I moved to America to act and music became my main thing. Rock and roll is my passion. Carter, whose debut single is The Revolution in 2012, went on. I really want to work with him. Let's work. Harry, where you at? Mark my words. I'm getting a song on his album. Her new single is called Catch Me If You Can. Will she get her wish or will Harry think she's got a bit of a cheek? (laughs) All right, let's break this down in all its parts. Right, so she's desperate to record a song on Harry Styles' next album. One, set your goals fucking higher, girl. It's just one song. One song. Match your effort with the fucking outcome you want, all right? You want to record one song, don't get someone tattooed on your fucking face. You know what I mean? Record the song. Let's see if he likes it or not. If he pay, if he goes, hey, do you know what? Here's a fucking album. Then maybe, in some crazy way of fake, they've got, I want to get your face tattooed on me. Well, that's one. Set your aims higher. Two. All right, the tattoo shit itself. Don't even look like him. Very weird. Doesn't even look like the guy. So you've just got some chubby kind of elf looking dudes 
on your face. It's weird. He looks like someone from Lords of the Rings. On the side of your face. He might see that go, you're there pointing face. Do you like it? He goes, yeah, that's a cool tattoo on your face. Who is it? Ah, he doesn't even recognise himself on your face. That's dumb as well. Three, it's for his 25th birthday. No, it's not. Did you ask him what he wanted? Why are people giving presents to people for things that they don't actually want? I can almost guarantee he never said, oh, do you know what I really want for my birthday? What, a 24-year-old New Zealander that I've never met who's got an unreleased song with one of my former bandmates to tattoo me on her fucking face. I don't think that happened at all. All right. Four. He opened the gateway for the music you want to make. Yeah, we haven't heard your music. Again, that's not really some tattooing on your face. What's wrong with you? Five, she moved to America to do what? To act. And now she does music. You're that passionate about something. You just changed your mind. And now I'm so committed. I've got it tattooed on my face. What's to say you're not going to change your mind again and go back to acting? And let's see what casting director does with your fucking face. It's got Harry Style tattooed on the side. Okay, what we're looking for for this role to play the female love interest. We need a girl... 5'4", brunette, preferably with a tattoo of a pop star on the side of her face. Have you got anyone who can do that, Tarquin? Hmm? Go out and find me the actress. Find me Megan in this film. So, uh, I think you've set your character a bit specific there, Hugo. Um, I'm not sure we're going to be able to find 5'4", brunette with pop star tattooed on the side of her face. Listen, Tarquin, if I wanted your feedback, I would have asked for it. Now find me, Megan, for my prey. And then, lo and behold, she walks in. Good day, mate. Because I don't know what New Zealanders sound like. Good day, mate. Uh, come for this audition. It's like, oh my God, Megan has walked through the door. She has come through the door. No, it's unbelievable dumb shit. Unbelievable dumb shit. Um, yeah, she just wants to work with him. Has she not heard of fucking SoundCloud? Just just send him a link. Bombard him with links to your music. Do that. Tag him. Fucking don't put a tattoo of him on your face. I hope he doesn't see this article at all. Or he does and just looks down at the camera and goes, yeah, I've seen this article about... That's how he kind of talks. I've seen this article about this girl's lass who's put a tattoo of me on her face. Um, you're a prick. Uh, and then just end short little Instagram video. What a mug. I don't know what I'd do if someone had a tattoo of me on the side of their face. I'd be like, you're, you're weird. You're weird. Anyway. Anything more? Uh, Michael Jackson accused of punching a chimp in the face. <laughs> How about that? Oh, dear. Why won't we just let him die, all right? He's dead now. Always hear people say this about Michael Jackson. Why are people going at him? He's dead. Why can't we just let him rest? Because maybe he did actually touch some kids and punch chimps in the face. But he's dead now. Leave him alone. Jimmy Savile was dead. Didn't leave him alone. Oh, he fixed it with so many kids. Why can't we leave him alone? Because the victims are still alive. That's why. What are victims meant to do? Just go, ah, no, they're dead now, so. Guess I can just stop being traumatised. What, what? Why should we stop? Because it's Michael Jackson. 
fuck that. If I watch the documentary and I believe the people, then I believe them. I'm just not one of those people that cancels people. So I, that's the thing for me. I don't have to worry about that. I can just watch it and be like, meh. Well. Yeah. He's, isn't he a shit person? Music's still great. Shit person. I don't like how we just have so many mental gymnastics and exceptions for Michael Jackson. Though. That's all. Whether he's guilty of this or not. I don't trust anyone who cannot admit the fact that Michael Jackson is weird. People are, they call him Wacko Jacko to undermine him. Uh, maybe, or they might call him that because he decided to turn into a white woman. He's a strange looking dude. You know what I mean? He looks, uh, what's, what's the one that used to hang out with him all the time? Oh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, oh, not Liz Hurley. She's still a fox. Um, what's Elizabeth Taylor? Liz, yeah, Elizabeth Taylor. He looks like a mix between Elizabeth Taylor and Diana Ross. And we just accept that as normal because it's Michael Jackson, and he was he was beaten as, as as a child. He had a bad childhood. You go to any black comedy show, literally every comedian comes on stage because I was beaten as a kid, everyone needs to be beaten as a kid and no one's walking on stage looking like a cosmetically challenged white woman. All right? Yeah, they have their own issues and everyone has an issue, but come on. It doesn't manifest into that. Adopting white kids and saying that they're yours, like biologically yours, like what? You play that, mate. He's a weirdo. If, if Michael Jackson was not a singer, he was just Michael Jackson works in Tesco, lives down the end of the road, and he's lived in the same house for 40 years. And 40 years ago, he was a black kid, and now he's a black man, and then he's a white woman <laughs> in the face. He's like, hey, how you doing? Hey, does your kid want to come around my house having a party? I got cookies. I got a fun fair in my garden. I'm like, stay the fuck away from my kids, all right? Just stay away. Dad, can I go around to Michael Jackson? Not a fucking chance you can go around his house. He's just there in his living room, just grabbing his crotch. Fit dick, kick, kick, fit dick, fit dick, dick. It's like, no, not that's no, no. He do not. Do you know what? When you're walking back from school, walk on the other side of the road, all right? Do not even walk outside that man's house. Actually, take the long way round. Do you know what? Go to a different school. But because it's him, they're like, no, his behaviour's totally normal. It's not. He's a legend. Musical legend. That is it. That is it. Oh, dear. But anyway, Michael Jackson punched, punched a chimp in the face. Um, Michael Jackson has been accused of assaulting his pet chimp, Bubbles. By a leading expert. Woo. Um, Jade Goddard, the world's top primatologist, has said she believed that animals punched in the face and kicked in the stomach while living with the King of Pop. Why, why do you believe that? Let's uh, get some actual... Let's skip into what she said. Bubbles even appeared alongside the singing the music video. Uh, but despite reports that he lived a lap of luxury and even shared a bedroom with his owner, um, it's now being claimed that his life at Neverland was anything but a fairy tale. Jane 84 once said she believed the ape was being beaten. Well, so I keep saying believe that what, where's, where's the evidence? She said that the singer flew into a rage 
when she confronted him with her theory. So we say, Hi, Michael? Yeah? I believe that Bubbles has been punched. Well, that's, that's ignorant. No, I'm just saying, I'm not saying you punched him, Michael. I'm just saying he seems like he has been punched. Listen, bitch. You need to stop that shit right now. Okay? No, I'm just saying, that's it. You need to stop that shit. Get your kid. Okay, okay, Michael, I see you're agitated. We'll stop talking about it. Um, I went to see him and he talked about Bubbles. I ticked him off. Bubbles is still alive and he's beautiful. But when he was with Michael, he was beat. What, Bubbles? How long did these fuckers live? Jane didn't name Michael as Bubbles' alleged abuser. But Jack Gordon, the ex-husband of Star's sister Latoya, once claimed he saw Michael attack the defenseless creature. How defenseless is a chimp? Because if that chimp goes full chimp, I mean, because Michael weren't the strongest dude. So, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? He said, I saw Michael punch Bubbles in the face and kick him in the stomach. <laughs> These are right. I can only imagine Michael Jackson punching someone like a backhand. You know, that little click, that chip. And the little, the foot kick he does. You know, the one that he crosses his foot in front of him. And just kicking Bubbles in the stomach like that. Chit chit. Although I don't condone animal abuse, I don't condone it unless unless you're killing it, slaughtering it to eat. Don't abuse it when you're doing that. But um, the chimp is now 35. Raw. Oh, there's chimp. Oh, the chimp's older than me. Wow, Michael J dead Michael Jackson still earns 150 million a year. My G. Anyway, so. But talking about all of this, right? Here's the thing. So it's all about that, all about that punch of the chimp. And at the end, in 2005, Michael was acquitted of a very public trial after he's been charged with seven counts of child molestation. Just bolt that on at the end. I hope I never make any crime at all. Because they'll just add that on to the end. I mean, I'm very confident I won't have any child molestation or rape crimes or punching a woman crimes. I'm talking about, you know, maybe just like an assault and a fray. In a bar, it all kicks off, scraps. I throw a punch, I, I plead guilty because I'm the famous guy and the other guy's a prick. There might be one of those ones. And then 20 years later, I'm talking about something completely different and then just a little paragraph at the end. You know, in 2021, Darren Griffiths was charged with assault and a fray. Just like that. Like, why, why do they always add that at the end? Anyway, dear Deirdre, let's get into it. Uh, Naomi says she's on up. She's gonna make her way back home soon. Shit. She goes. I better hurry up. We're sat down for a coffee together. Really nice. <laughs> Look at me. Gonna be like really nice, really cool. Fiance. Enjoy your coffee, babe. Enjoy your coffee, babe. It's nice to bond and catch up. Huh? It's nice to bond and catch up. Kiss, kiss. Oh, man. And she'll be like, oh, that is so sweet. To all the girls that are doing their... Uh, she's looking at dresses today. Did I say that? That's what she's doing today. So, uh, they're like, oh, he's so, so relaxed. Uh, my mum will fully suss it up. Mm, I bet he's watching football. <laughs> it's like, shut your face, mum. Anyway, dear Deirdre. 
fucking hell. Nah, that's... This is really deep. Alright, I'm not going to banter about this one. I'm not going to read it because it's just such a horrific thing. I think my partner was raped while drunk by someone invited to our wedding. My fiancé confessed to cheating on me with her best mate's brother. He's invited to our wedding and I'm in bits. Whew. We've been together for four years and engaged for 15 months. Um, she's 25, I'm 28. Last year, we moved 200 miles from our hometown due to work. She went home to see her family last weekend and I couldn't go because of work. She seemed quite, she seemed quiet when she returned and I asked her what was wrong. She broke down and confessed. She told me that she had gone out with her best friend, a girl her age, and the brother had tagged along. He's 27. My fiance got hopelessly drunk and ended up having sex with him. Okay. She says she can't remember much except that when she got back to where they were staying, her friend crashed out. The brother took my fiance's hand and led her to his room. The next thing she remembers is coming around to find him on top of her. She says she could have stopped him but doesn't know why she didn't. She woke up the next morning naked in his bed and instantly felt sick with regret and worry. I'm hurt in beyond belief, but I took the news a lot better than she was expecting. She was anticipating rows, smashed plates, and for me to walk out. I just sat there dumbfounded. I asked her if it was rape, and she insisted it was five minutes of stupidity and won't, re and won't report it. She just wants to, me to forgive her. I'm not a violent person in any way, but there is a bubbling anger inside me. Yeah, there will be. It fucking will be. This guy has been invited to our wedding. Fuck that. No way. And I want to punch him into next week. Into fucking next year. Next millennium. Though I don't want it to affect my fiance's relationship with her fr fr friends and family. I love her so much. I honestly thought she was my rock. She's the last person who you would have down as a cheat. Alright. Cool. No banner. I think. It's one of those ones where it's just that kind of modern day lack of understanding of what rape is, what consent is. Rape isn't just dragging the stranger into a fucking bush, man. If a girl's too drunk, guys, leave it. If you have to stand her up, leave it. I mean, I don't even like being anywhere near drunk, vulnerable women. Don't want to be anywhere near them. I think I've told a story in the podcast before, right? Once came out of Epping train station, there's a girl drunk on the bench on her own, just out of it. Absolutely out of it. You know, and part of me was like, shit, she's on her own. I should go help her. Let me go sit next to her. Let's see if she's all right. Let me talk her around. Let's try to work out where she needs to go. Let's get her a cab. Oh, so actually, I'm getting a lift. Maybe we can give her a lift to somewhere. And then the other part of me goes, Darren, what the fuck are you doing? Don't go anywhere near this girl before you fuck up and get your DNA on her somehow. She reports missing and then fucking crime watch, do the CCTV of Epping. So this was the last man seen to be with her. Just like, huh? That's me. Huh? Uh, it's on crime watch then, you know, they do the one where, yeah, so just want to confirm the man in the video, he's not being treated as a suspect. We just want to speak to him as he is the last man to be seen with the victim. Oh, great. There's me. Go, That's me. Let me just press the number 0800. And then I call into crime watch. Hi, I'm the guy in the video. Woo, 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 woo. All right, Darren Griffiths, please come outside. What? 
we, we just want to talk. Um, what? No, no, no. How, what? No, no. What's going on? Just come outside. Stop resisting. Resisting what? I thought we were just talking. That's it. Kick the door down. Boom. Door down. Me face slammed down on the floor. Oh, what's going on? You've been arrested for the attempted murder and rape of this girl. Just like, what the hell happened? What the hell happened? You know? Uh, so, in those situations when the girl's that drunk or vulnerable, I just find someone in a uniform of any sort. I just found a TFL staff go, ah, you need to sort it out. There's a girl outside. Go help her out, please. I'm getting my cab home and I've done my good deed. And back to the dilemma on Dear Deirdre. That's my point about when a girl's that drunk. Stay away, guys. And if you are going to pursue that, guys, then please be prepared to be seen if not as a rapist, as fucking rapey, you know, just leave it. So my thing is this, if she's that drunk and she says she's coming to halfway through the sex, could she really have said yes? You know what I mean? Is, and then I know some people hear it and go, is she trying to keep it quiet because she doesn't want people to know that she cheated? No, maybe she's ashamed. Being raped is actually kind of like, victims will find it shameful, it's embarrassing. You let someone overpower you, take advantage of you. Stuff just like, I don't know, I think we, a lot of us times think that it's only men who'd go through that feeling, but that's a fucking rough one. But here's the thing though, basically, he's definitely not coming to the wedding. Fuck that. Not a chance. Jeez. Anyway bit more light-hearted my husband is texting a woman he met at a stag do and i'm devastated oh she's just she's she does she's a florist that's what i'm texting her um i have discovered my husband is texting another woman we have been together for nine years and have never been jealous we are both 30 he went on the mate's stag weekend a fortnight ago when he got back i saw he was texting another woman i asked him who she was and had and he said he met her at the stag do i was devastated and he saw that he promised he would never do anything to hurt me but a week later snapchat appeared on his phone it had a false name but i reckon i realized straight away it was her i didn't know it's a false name maybe it's just her screen name he swears they are only friends but she but why does he need to be friends with a woman he only met once because you know sometimes the banter is so high like trust me you'd love her if, if you just hung out of her you would love her and it, oh, it'd be so much better. Actually, I only started talking to her because she reminds me of you, really. Uh, uh, wait, no, wait. That, that, that isn't what I meant. No, I'm not saying that. No, no I, I know I've got you already, so why do I need someone who's just like you? I'm just saying, like, she's re really good banter. She likes football and stuff. No, I know I said I don't like women who like football and I don't think women should ever say in football. I'm not saying, no. What I'm, try what I'm trying to say is, like, no, she's, she likes the same music as as i do I, what i know i sold my bloody i sold, i got rid of my itunes so i don't really listen to music that much but the, the bits of the songs i do like she likes those as as well and look what i'm trying to say is right she's got amazing tits all right i said it you forced me to say it, all right you, you happy now you happy you happy what right. yeah all right she's got amazing tits but she's my mate i need to make her amazing tits um, anyway, oh dear, my, 
Oh, I love this one. Oh, this is great. Critical point. Um, my girlfriend loves criticizing me, but cries when I do the same to her. Yeah, but how does it go though? Uh, is the criticism equal? You know, um, Gary, could you just like do the washing up? Like, just, just don't leave it for me to do all the time. All right, hear what you're saying, Helen, but you're the one who's put on loads of fucking weight and you smell, you fat cow. What, what are you crying for? You criticised my washing up. What, and now you're... Fucking hell, women are so fucking emotional. You can't say anything around here. Treading on fucking eggshells. Look, Gary, um, sorry, babe. Yeah, sorry. Could you just put the laundry inside the laundry basket, yeah? Um, just inside the laundry basket. So, because it's just, it's just over, just tight, just makes the room look a bit tidy, that's all. Like, I'll do, I'll do the laundry. Do you just pull it? In the basket, that'd be great. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, that's funny though. Talking about me putting laundry in the laundry basket. What about you though? How about you pluck the hair out of your chin? You've got a full on fucking beard, love. How about that, you fat cow? Oh my god, Gary, why are you so hot? Oh my god, I'm on fucking eggshells here. Let's see what they say. Um, dear Deirdre, honesty seems to only go one way as uh, as far as my girlfriend is concerned. And we've been together for 11 months. I'm 21, she's 20. Yeah, she doesn't even know what, what that is. It's over. We, love, we do love each other, though we've been arguing a lot lately. We try to make up and move on, but the problem is still there. She says she wants communication to be open. And when she criticises me, I try to take on the chin to work on whatever I need to change. But if it's the other way around, she cries and takes things the wrong way. She gets very defensive and there are things I can't voice an opinion on. She gets very insecure if I go out with friends, though I've always been faithful. Yeah, it is over. Just kill it, just kill it now. She's not gonna get rid of, get rid of those insecurities. It's done, it's over. Let's see. Um, right, I think that's the end of the podcast. Um, I've rambled a lot. If I stuck to the topics I wanted to stick to, this podcast would have been about 20 minutes long. But, you know, whatever. What the fuck ever. Uh, so like I said this week, go check out the interview on Ori Styler TV on YouTube. That's just me. Or if you want to see everyone else and hear all of that, go to BBC Sounds, um, the scene of Ori Styler. Just go to Google and type BBC Radio London, uh, Ori Styler, the scene. Press that, and you have like BBC programs. Click on that, and it should have a, a thing to play it online. If you don't want to download any new applications, now that is it. Uh, this week, you can't catch me anywhere. Uh, can you? No, not really. Can't catch you anywhere. Uh, actually, no, on Tuesday, I think I'll do a Fiji Park. No, Wednesday. Wednesday, I'm there. All right. Um, and yeah, go online, check, go um, buy some tickets and stuff for. Comedy Clash, there will be no guest lists. So you do want to see me, I can't give you any discounts, I can't do that for you. Um, Londoners, come to the O2 one. I'll be coming to Birmingham, I'll be coming to Manchester, Cardiff, Bristol, Bristol, Leicester, Leicester, Nottingham, Sheffield. So all eight of those cities, I will be there uh, at some point if you want to go there. I'll be in Bournemouth in... Uh, March as well, so come check me there as well. Going, going national, it's going national. All right, so that is it. That is the end of the pods. 
Uh, I've been Griff, obviously, and um, yeah, um, inbox me, share, subscribe, all that shit, and um, yeah, see you later, bye.